Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Kelly Green Hour. I'm your host, LJ Harrell, and joining me, as always, is Connor. Connor, my friend, I wanted to say congratulations. You're having a boy. You could to uh, doll up the room in Eagles Green. There's nothing more perfect than that. No, definitely not. And I just uh, just actually put in my Fanatics order a little while back where I got him a, a, some, a wicked Wentz romper. And obviously <laughs> I got an Eagles draft hat and and, uh, and an Eagles license plate and stuff. Because <laughs> all of, this may sound weird because I don't know how you guys do it in the U.S. But in New Brunswick where I live, we just got rid of the two license plate system where you have one on the front and one on it the back. It depends on the state because in Pennsylvania, we can have we have one on the back. In New Jersey, you have one on the front and one on the back. So it depends on the state that you live in. Okay, so it's not as weird as I thought because when, <laughs> when we got rid of it, like all the rest of Canada is already like one one plate system here. So we when we did it, we got rid of it. It was like we're just coming out of the dark ages of, of motor vehicle <laughs> stuff here. And it's, it's how we know who the bad drivers are because Jersey drivers are terrible. So whenever I see two license plates, I already know that I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I got plate for that. I got the romper. I got my Eagles draft hat because I thought they were some pretty they sick nice. draft hats they so nice. yeah so I got, I got those on the way and stuff but yeah it's it's fun it's quite the experience i'll tell you that that it is and i'm looking for hopefully sometime in the future looking forward to, to to being able to have a kid and hopefully a boy who i can turn into an nfl superstar but um that's a, a different conversation for a different day um oh i also wanted to say i, I listened to the, to the last show with you and uh josh from the missing link it was really good a lot of insight from both of you guys, so uh, that was really good work um, going over the, the draft and, and giving grades and whatnot. Um, so, again, you and Josh did, did a, a great job. If anybody hasn't had a chance to listen to that, definitely listen to it. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the better pods that we've put out in, um, recently. Yeah, definitely. I had a I had a blast. It was a really good time. Um, and we had lots of time to talk about kind of the division and the, the e- more Eagles than anything. We got a lot of time to talk about the Eagles. And and I mean, I can't wait to dive into this episode and chat a bit more draft for you, since unfortunately you missed on that episode. We'll, we thought, thought we'd get started with, you know, a few minutes of the draft, get your opinion on it. But uh, it was definitely a really good episode. And if you haven't had the chance to check it out, I agree. LJ, you are 100% correct. You got to check that out. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we will start with the draft since, as you mentioned, I wasn't on the last episode. Um, It was an intriguing draft, Eagles related. We'll start there um, when it comes to the (laughs) Eagles and what Howie Roseman did. Um, I'm, I'm with the 21st pick. Now, obviously with hindsight being 2020, would you have traded up to 16 with Atlanta knowing Atlanta won it? the at least the first the the 21st and the 53rd pick um even though atlanta there's a bunch of talk that atlanta was not trading out of that um even though they could have gotten they got aj terrell if i'm not mistaken um Mm -hmm. they could have gotten him at 21 i don't think anybody between you know i don't think dallas would have taken aj terrell i think dallas would have went with um kavan chazon if 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 he if if you know somebody had taken cd lamp um, but since the Eagles stayed at 21 and the Eagles took Jalen Rager, I'm glad they took Rager over Justin Jefferson. A lot of people are like, like, yeah, Justin Jefferson, he only played the slot because of the weapons that LSU had. Yes, that's true. But 99.7% of his receptions, I think 100 of 107 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, were from the slot. We don't need another slot receiver. You have Dallas Goddard. You have Zach Ertz that take care of the middle of the field. So if the Eagles were going to strictly take a wide receiver in, in the first round, which the entire offseason set up for that, they had to go for pure speed. Um, and that's what Jalen Rager is. Yes, he didn't test well at the combine, but when he had his own personal you know, pro day, he ran well. He ran into four threes. And, and that's kind of what we're expecting. The Eagles put themselves in a spot last year where they had nobody behind Deshaun Jackson. Once Deshaun Jackson got hurt, it was over for the Eagles. They had, they couldn't, they couldn't, had no speed. Um, so th- – the one thing the Eagles did and one thing I think how we went a little overboard with was we're going to go out there and we're going to put a track team together. When you get Rager mm-hmm. and you get Hightower and you get Quez Watkins and you trade for Marquise Goodwin and you have Deshaun Jackson, you know, the Eagles are up there with the Chiefs with speed and up there with the Broncos when it comes to speed. So I'm glad that how we did that. 
in them terms. Now, would I have traded up to 16? That being the big question that everybody was debating draft night. I would not have given up one and two. Even knowing, even knowing now that we, we drafted Jalen Hurts, which I'll get in, um, to in, a, in a couple minutes, but I would not have traded one and two. I would have traded one and three, but I would not trade it one and two. Um, the one thing that Howie wanted to do this year, he wanted to get faster and wanted to get younger. And they had a total of 10 draft picks the last two years. They got 10 draft picks this year. So they needed to add young faces and fast peak guys and just different they needed to bring in different elements and that's what they did with this draft can these guys play we won't know we're not gonna you know when uh, you know okay put kavan wallace i think is the best draft pick that the eagles made i think he has a chance to be a a really good player and i'm not going to be that person that's going to compare him to brian dawkins because they play the same position went to the same college and, and then get drafted by the same by the same nfl team but you know when Brian Dawkins got drafted in 96, I think it was, did anybody think he was going to be a Hall of Fame safety? No, you don't know this stuff right away. So Jalen mm-hmm. Rager could be the best wide receiver in this draft. We won't know for another three, four, five years. So, you know, being that it is a couple weeks out, I'm just taking it as a how he addressed the needs that he wanted to address. Um, his press conference, it says, do they love football? And are they fast? Or something? There were a couple things that he was – they got players that are fast. They got players that are fast. And I, I can't kill Howie for going out there and, and realizing the biggest need the Eagles had and addressing that. Now, they, everybody can – or not everybody, but people can run fast. The question is, can they catch the football? Can they run? And can they catch over You know, in traffic? Um, can they run good routes? We're going to find that out. And this is where the whole pandemic is going to come into play because – if there's not going to be OTAs, if they're not going to have a chance to, to get, get on the field up until like a week or two or whatever it could be before training camp, that's where it could hurt the Eagles more than it can hurt other teams. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I for me, I mean, there's a lot of people who are giving Howie a lot of flack for the draft and i.e. The, the Jalen Hurts pick largely and otherwise like the Jalen Rager pick faced some criticism and stuff. But at the end of the day, Howie did what Howie said he was going to do. He was going out, he was going to get younger, and he was going to get speed. And for anybody, like, for the people who are disappointed that, you know, Patrick Queen slid by, I mean, we have to be realists about Howie. We have to be realists about Schwartz. Exactly. We have to be realistic about the whole... I, I the mentality of the Jim Schwartz four three scheme and me and Josh talked about it on the the episode the last episode it just isn't gonna happen that's just not where he's gonna look that he doesn't see the point in that when you have a four three scheme if you have a bunch of athletic linebackers who can go sideline to sideline and provide support which is what he looked for in a Davian Taylor and a Sean Bradley then you don't necessarily need that big thumper, that guy, that sideline to sideline guy who's going to play all three dams and stuff because they don't have as big of impact on the, on the Jim Schwartz defense in the Jim Schwartz game. So, sadly, I know he faced a lot of criticism for that. I kind of, I mean, look, not to cut you off, I do yeah, I yeah. wish that they would bring in a legit linebacker? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of seeing Nate Gary out there. He's not a linebacker. He's a safety who can't cover and can't run. He's not that good. He led the world in ta- missed tackles last year. And Davion Taylor, I don't want to say he reminded me of of Nate Gary, but he's also like the same kind of build. He's fast. They're probably a little bit more physical. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't played the linebacker position that long, too. So he's going to ha- have to learn the intricacies, whatever that word is, of the linebacker position, especially at the NFL level. So am I hat like, would I have loved a, um, a Kenneth Murray or would I have loved the Patrick Queen? I would have. But yeah, like you said, you have to realize the Eagles – it's been 30, 40 years since they've taken a linebacker in the first round. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, so they have to find a way to hopefully hit on one of these guys they brought in. I'm not a big Sean Bradley fan, um, but like a lot of the guys that they brought in are going to really like make names for themselves on special teams. And a lot of guys that make names for themselves on special teams can turn that into a role on a defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for, for me, I think the good thing about Davian Taylor uh, that I like more than Nagiri is, is well, you spoke to the speed. I like that he's a fair bit faster. And the fact that he is a safety size, 
who's already been converted to the linebacker position. He hasn't played it for long, but he's already been converted, whereas Nate Gary was drafted as a safety, put in as a linebacker, and we kind of rolled with it like that. So he, at least from, I mean, from a pro level, it's a whole different ball game for the linebacker position. But like, like basically the, the defensive scheme goes, if you can cover the guy you're told to cover, i.e. the tight end or the, the running back coming out of the backfield, and you can go sideline to sideline and support by making your tackles, that's basically all you have to do as a Jim Schwartz linebacker, essentially. Yeah. And the Eagles have to hope that a guy that we both liked last year that was an undrafted free agent, TJ Edwards, really takes a step forward this year. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's going to be the should in theory be the leader of the linebacker group you know he should be a starter um jatavius brown maybe will be a starter who knows and and they they primarily play two linebackers i mean you know when malcolm was here he was the third linebacker you know kevon wallace will parks um they could possibly fill in in that role i'm not going to say that they're going to play like um malcolm did but they could fill in that role a, a little bit but but mm-hmm. TJ Edwards is going to have to take a huge step forward this year and again this is where right now they would be in like an OTA type of camp and he could be learning still learning and he could be putting on muscle he could be doing all this stuff but the fact that he can't right now it's going to be different this year when you get to the camps and preseason and the season start you're going to see the teams that were actually working or the players that were actually working when they were by themselves because that's going to be the difference. And the first four or five games could be the difference between, you know, being the, making the playoffs as a, as a, as a division winner or as the seventh seed or not making the playoffs at all, who is putting in the work right now so that when they get back into the facilities, they don't have to start from scratch. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. TJ Edwards has to take a massive step forward. And uh, another one I like is Alex Singleton. He's got to take some steps forward. I know he's a bit more of a project, but I mean, basically that that linebacker position and we'll get into it with our depth chart episode coming up in the next couple weeks basically that episode's wide open for the taking in my eyes as far as starters go and i mean you touched on the kevon wallace deal great deal there or the kevon wallace draft pick that was a great draft pick one of the bigger steals from by from most media outlets um I really like the Goodwin deal. I mean, the thing with the difference between Jalen Rager, Jalen Rager is a yak machine. He can do a lot of work for himself. He can take that. He can take those short passes and turn them in, turn a five-year pass into a 25-yard gain and stuff, which is something that we don't really have in any other player. It was kind of what we hoped from Nelson Aguilar. And Nelson Aguilar did it for a year. Well, didn't do it, did it stopped doing it, gave up, you know, however you want to say it, he basically gave up on us. And now he's likely not even going to have a job next year after the way the Raiders drafted. Um, and then I like the uh, Prince Tega Winoga pick as well. He entered with like first round grades, second round grades. I had him being mocked in the third round and he ended up dropping because of that medical red flag, but it's the seventh round. So if you're getting a guy who graded out, who has these grades of first, second, third round, like day one, day two pick, and he sides because of a medical red flag and you need depth at along that offensive line, absolutely take that risk any day, all day. Um, and then you look at like the Slay deal, you got to count the Slay deal in there because we traded the three and the five or whatever we trade there, three and five, two and four. Um, so obviously when you take into account everything, the deals that were made, the promise of how he made, and then how did, how he deliver on that promise, it was definitely a really good draft. And could he have done something different with the Jalen Hurts pick? Yes. But I mean, we, we talked about in the last episode too. I mean, he's saving a lot of money. This is probably Nate Sudfeld's last year. We're done giving him these tags, all these franchise, these tenders, these tags. It's time to move on from him. And Jalen Hurts brings a bunch of different elements to the offense that, that, you know, they call it a Taysom Hill type guy. He's not, he's not Taysom Hill. I don't think he's going to be like that at all. I think he could really be the incumbent. Like even some people said that, that, if not, like if Carson Wentz stays healthy and we never have to worry about that, there's a good chance that they they mold him, they develop him, and then you move him for a second round pick or first round pick down the road. You just don't know what how he might yeah, be doing with that. And let's be real. I mean, as much as we love Carson Wentz, he's got a he has he's played he played 16 games last year. He 
ended up going out with a cheap shot. I'm not saying he's injury prone because he's not injury prone. A lot of the injuries that he has are just fluke, fluke stuff. But does it hurt to have a quarterback behind you that can offer a different asset or a different, you know, type of uh, just something different when he comes on the field? No. And I love what Carson has been saying over the last week, 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 week and a half. Like he trusts the organization to to bring in the best players to win. He wants to win a championship. Like that, if if bringing Jalen Hurts on this team is going to help you win a championship, then do it. Who who cares? Um, you know, and again, you, he's not going to be Taysom Hill. He's not going to be on the the punt team. He's not going to be on the kick coverage team. That's not what Jalen Hurts is. Jalen Hurts is a quarterback. Now, does he still have to work on some things as a quarterback? Yes, he's not a finished product. But you know, I'll, I'll say it this way. If you had Jalen Hurts in that playoff game over Josh McCown, do the Eagles beat Seattle? There's a there's a very real chance. Because there is a very he's real not chance. 40, so he's probably not pulling his hamstring. And you I mean, in that playoff game, there was on the last Eagles last offensive play, it was fourth down. He got sacked. He didn't even throw the ball up to at least give his receivers a chance to make a play. So, and that's something Jalen Hurts, A, can move around, and B, can make can make plays with his feet. And C, I think he would at least put the ball in play, keep it in play to allow his receivers to have a chance to make a play so you have a chance to win a football game. Yeah, and I think that they're going to give him a, a chance. Like They're going to give him a lot more reps than they gave Josh McCowan. And, and I think that Jalen Hurts is a better developmental project than Nate Sudfeld is there's clearly teams interested in Nate Sudfeld and every year we have to put a, a tender on him or we have to put something on him to keep him on the team and and it costs us and now I think that we're able to move on from Nate Sudfeld because I think Jalen Hurts is a better developmental project and he can bring some of those crazy elements if you want to run two quarterback schemes or something um on the field like how he is kind of voice that he wants to do so i mean from that perspective and the fact that you're going to be paying your backup like was it 1.3 million dollars or something over the next four years uh, i think it's more like four but still whatever my thing is the best case scenario Carson doesn't get hurt. Jalen never sees the field. Who cares if he doesn't see the field and Carson is not hurt and Carson's winning games and getting us to the playoffs and, you know, to championship games. I don't care about that draft pick. And, you know, I'll say this. Nobody will care about the Jalen Rager pick, the Jalen Hurts pick, the Davion Taylor pick. If these guys in three, four, five years are contributors on a Super Bowl team, nobody will care where they were picked. They'll just care that we want another Super Bowl. I think Jalen Rager will be a contributor instantly because our receiving well, core is that bad that yeah. he is going to come out there. And well, I wouldn't, it'll be interesting I wouldn't be, I because mean, it, it'll be Deshaun and Marquise Goodwin and then maybe Rager. And then when Alshon gets healthy, we, I don't like, there's going to be a bunch of weapons that, that Carson's going to have. I mean, I'm not going to hype the wide receiver class because we watched what happened last year. I'm not going to hype the wide receivers that we have too much. I'm going to pump the brakes on that. I want to see them working together. I want to see them at OTAs or whatever preseason or whatever we actually get when all is said and done with this uh, with this virus. But, I mean, for me, I, I honestly think Jalen Rager is going to end up being the number two receiver. I, I don't think that he gets beat out by Goodwin. I don't think that... We didn't go for speed and for all these options just to have Alshon Jeffrey step back in. And I know the rumors that they want him to have a bigger role. They want to have a big role and whatever. And how he's just trying to say that because he's invested so damn much money in this guy. And whether we trade him or whether we keep him or whatever, he's going to cost us a ton of dead money. So you want to keep saying he's going to have a role. He's going to have a big role. Good on Howie for sticking to his guns as far as that goes. But Jalen Reger came on for a reason. You don't invest a first-round draft pick in a guy who's not going to contribute within that first year and definitely not become a major piece by year two. I just don't see it. So to the people who are talking like, well, speaking like, of, like there, there's a there's a lot. Like there's people who are sitting there saying Damian Williams is still the starting running back in, in Kansas City. Just stop. Just, just stop. You don't draft in the first round with the idea of, unless it's a quarterback, with the idea of sitting and just watching and developing. Jalen Reger is coming in. Jalen Reger is going to play instantly, and he's going to be an instant playmaker, in well, my I'm glad, opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you kind of made that statement because we're going to move to the left tackle position. Andre Dillard's not going to be your starting left tackle this year. It's going to be Jason Peters. And I actually am fine with that because the most important 
position outside of quarterback on this offense is the left tackle, the guy that's protecting Carson Wentz's blind side. And I understand that we want to get Andre Dillard on the field, but if, if the Eagles don't think he's ready, which that's bad on probably the Eagles for mm-hmm. the, the way they scouted this guy, then you have to – Jason Peters was – was not that bad last year. Jason Peters was a top. He was not that good. He was a top either. ten left tackle in in the league last year. And I will, and and we know that J- Jason P- what Jason Peters can do. I will give up having a false start, th- two or three false starts a game if he's going to protect Carson Wentz's blind side. We saw what he did against Khalil Mack, you know, uh, two years ago in that playoff game. Like Khalil Mack didn't sniff Nick Foles. So we and we know what Jason Peters is. Yes, his age is up there. He's 38, going to be 39 or something like that. But the most important position outside of quarterback in this offense is the left tackle because we can't afford Carson Wentz to keep getting hurt. And if that means Jason Peters is your best option, 100% you sign Jason Peters. 100% he's the starter. And Andre Dillard's got to figure out. He needs to get his head on straight. He needs to figure something out because the Eagles shouldn't have to be going back to Jason Peters. And I think that. Not only is that on Howie and, and the Eagles for maybe making the wrong decision, but that's on Andre Dillard. He needs to work. Like he needs to stop being a little baby and crying out there on the practice field. He needs to become a man and stop being Mr. Softy. Yeah, I mean, mean, I mean, for me, this is so tough. So, so I know we're about to go into Peters, and we're going to go. We're in Peters, and we're going to go under Jadavion Clowney. My big thing is this is about like. We so we're negative cap for next year as we presently stand. Mm-hmm. So I have no problems with how we going out there and signing Peters their one year deal, one final shot at it. Give him the protection, give Wentz the protection he deserves with these newfound weapons. See what we can do. I'm fine with that. Jadavion Clowney, whatever. Give him one year if it really really makes sense and you're not throwing the entire farm at him. But at the end of the day, anything beyond one year, no chance. No chance in hell, and I think Jason Peters understands that too, and I hope he understands that it's one year, and that's it no matter where he chooses to go. I saw a rumor today it's between the Chargers and the Eagles. He's um, not going to the Chargers. So, but but for me, I think I, I like Dillard. I still think Dillard has a ton of potential, and like you said, this is an extremely important position for the Eagles and an extremely important and highly valued position throughout the NFL right now, that left tackle position. And so for me, eventually, Dillard's got to see that field. Dillard's got to play, and Dillard's going to make the mistakes. If you don't allow him to make the mistakes in years one and years two to help develop, then you're going to run into this situation that you will have wasted, A, a trade up, and then B, that draft capital. So it's really important. I think if he's out there and he makes a mistake or two, I mean, Carson Wentz has to be tougher in the pocket to get hurt. but that's the thing. Carson Wentz, had, we cannot continue to live by this, but he could get hurt, but he could get hurt. Mistakes are going to happen. Jason Peters is going to make mistakes if he comes in. So is Andre Dillard. So the question is, you're gonna, are you going to wait until your third year of this four-year deal, potentially five, if they pick up the option on Andre Dillard and just hope that they have something in Andre Dillard? Or do you give the chance to Andre Dillard? I For mean, me, starting, right now, I'm starting Jason Peters. Right, I'm signing right. Jason Peters to a one-year deal, and he's my left tackle. Right, right. For me, I, I think I'm going to disagree. For me, I think I'm going with Andre Dillard. I'm going to give him that chance. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, any, but but that's the mentality. So that mentality that you have is basically no, no Wentz is an injury prone, but you're kind of saying you think he is if you don't think that Wentz can take no, I just of want knocks the, if Dillard no, I, give, I makes want- a mistake. I want the best player at left tackle. And right now, Jason Peters is better than Andre Dillard. So, but how is Andre Dillard to best... get better? You, you, we invested that that's on him. picking him. If, if you're, if you're saying let's wait till year three and then you have two years to figure out what you have in him and then you have to put that fifth year option on him, it's kind of like the whole Derek Barnett situation. We think... put the fifth year option on him. We'll catch, there's some flack being caught for putting that fifth year option on him because what has he really done, which I completely disagree. I don't think he's been that bad, but the, the issue becomes how many years do you want to wait on this project? when you invested a, a trade up and then the draft capital in that position. I, I think that's on Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard, need, like I mentioned before, he needs to stop being soft. He, he, he should have, he should, 
have put in enough work throughout last season, even in practice and whatnot, that the Eagles are like, Jason Peters, see you. Bye. We'll see you when we see you. But there is a reason why the Eagles are thinking about because how he loves his veterans. That's the thing. He's trying to get you got rid of Malcolm though. Like if you were going to get rid of one of Malcolm or Jason, I'd get rid of Jason and I would have kept Malcolm. Oh, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. But there's something more to that story. We've talked about, we talked about on previous episode. There's more to that story than meets the eye. This man was saying, I want this much money. He left and took a massive pay cut. So there's something more to that story. There's something behind the scenes that we just don't see. And I just don't something between Malcolm and Howie, but I'm in the same boat. I would have said if it, if you have to decide between Jason Peters and you have to decide between Malcolm Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins is by a mile by it wouldn't even pass my mind. We wouldn't even be having this discussion. But I also um, think that it's it's easy. I don't I don't know if the word easier, but as when it comes to positions and and playing the longevity. You, it's easier to be older and playing the offensive line than it is to be older and playing safety and the way Malcolm played safety. So, I mean, I get it in that point of, of, of if they bring Jason Peters back, it's because offensive linemen can play almost forever. Um, and he posted that video of himself working out. I'm not denying he's in shape. I'm not denying that he can't go out on the field and be an extremely reliable pass blocker and continue to be the left tackle, the bodyguard that we know and love. But my issue becomes how much how much longer if it goes beyond one, one year. year you walk away from that but that's the situation that we're in what is the discussion being had right now is there the thought of a two-year deal because if so how he's got to put down his pen and walk away because I it, I it just makes no year. sense it's not a viable option but at the same but, but for me this is like would you be okay with mark so we traded in marquise goodwin would you be okay with Marquise Goodwin taking Jalen Reger's snaps for the next two years when we, or the next year or two years when we invested that first round draft capital in Jalen Reger? If he's the better option, sure. Now, like, w- would you have rather? Uh, it's it's tough to go back because I'm trying to think, but like, Nelson Aguilar was terrible his first couple of years. And mm-hmm. would you would you? And you know, the Eagles kind of kept wasting that spot by giving him like, wouldn't you have rather had somebody that's going to be productive? If Marquise Goodwin's going to be more productive than Jalen Rager, put the guy that's more productive on the field. I want somebody that's going to produce for me. I don't care if you're 50. I don't care if you're 21. I don't care if you're a first round picker undrafted. Put some, if you're going to go out there and, and be productive, if you're going to go out there and score touchdowns, if you're going to go out there and be better than the person you replaced, I want you on the field. But this is why Ka- how he continues to catch flack year over year, because he's, these people keep failing around him. These high draft picks he's investing in. And now here I am. I'm saying let the, these young kids play. Give them the opportunity. Put Jalen Reger above Goodwin. Put Dillard above Peters. Because I want to think- see what we have in them. Because if not, how two years down the road, how he's going to catch flack and be like, well, Andre Dillard, what a miss th- he was. What a miss he was. I he's not that a that miss, waste, I don't think. I think that that wastes a bunch of Carson Wentz's prime years. You know, put the better player out on the field that's going to produce or that's going to protect him. That's all that matters. And I don't care. Again, I don't care if that's Peter. If it's Dillard, then good. If if we go to camp and Peter signs, we go to camp and Peters doesn't play well in camp and Dillard outperforms him, put Dillard on the field week one against Washington. But if Peters is back and Peters is playing better and and Peters isn't giving up sacks and whatnot, then keep Peters on the field. That's what, I mean, like, again, you, you we can't keep wasting – Carson Wentz is 27, going to be 28, I think, going into this. Something like whenever the season starts, something like that. Like, we, we can't waste our quarterback's prime years or then we're going to – then we're going to definitely get into that Jalen Hurts conversation if, you know, if in two years when the Eagles can potentially get out of Carson's contract, do they do that to save money? Like – just don't waste your, your franchise quarterback years. Put the better player out there on the field. Let him play. Let him perform. And if he doesn't play well, then you, then put in the backup. That's what you kind of what you have to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, I guess it's like I see the don't waste the prime years of Carson Wentz, and we got the we got this gem of a quarterback, and I get it. He's a franchise quarterback. He's a, he's a top ten quarterback in the NFL in my eyes. But I mean. At the end of the day, we also can't continue to waste draft capital. 
on these players who are just going to sit and wait for two or three years because then you're burning through the cheapest contract you're going to have these people under. So the, the opportunity, I mean, Nelson Aguilar is a terrible example of that because we ended up at a $9 million final year. But some of these guys don't come with that same price tag that Nelson Aguilar comes with. And we need to use it. Just the importance of using the quarterback on the rookie contract, there's just as much the importance of making sure that you get your investment out of that first round pick when they're you, young and when, when we, the when contract this, is cheap. When we won the Super Bowl in 2017, wasn't that a bunch of one-year deals? The Garrett Blunt one-year deal. We traded for Jay Ajayi. Nelson, or, um, Alshon Jeffrey, technically a one-year deal. Um, Nick Foles came in on a one or two. I forget what it was. But, like, a lot of that, Chris Long came in on a one. Like, a lot a lot of the guys that came in to help the Eagles win the Super Bowl was a bunch of – it wasn't a bunch of draft picks. You know, besides Carson Wentz jump getting us out to an 11-2 and two start, like, a lot of that was one-year rentals that Howie hit on. So as important as the draft is, and, and I get it because you want to have these lower level type of contracts, like you just got, you have to find a way to build the best team you can any way possible. And, and I then look at, but then we look at the last two years and what, how he's invested in, in his rentals and all he's doing or all he's been doing is kicking the can down the road with some of these contracts and look at next year. We're currently minus $50 million in the hole. Now, if we save this $27 million that that we have stashed away right now, said suddenly it becomes minus $20, $23 million. But at the end of the day, right now we're minus $50 million because how we continued to try and work cap magic and kick the can down the road and look where we're at now. So we when just don't want to cap, continue though, that. When it comes to the cap, I'm not – I get and that, hearing that minus 50 kind of is ridiculous. But, like, I trust Howie when it comes to the cap. Now, my issue, my only issue, and I know it's not coming up a lot yet, but the impact of the COVID-19 virus on the cap going up. The NHL NHL has already said that it's likely going down. The NBA, it's likely going down. There's no way the NFL is going to be the only league that goes up based on this. There has to be money-saving and cost-saving measures like with every business in the world, and the biggest way to do it is going to be in your salary cap. And so that whole this whole spike that was supposed to happen, I think that's going down thirty million dollars possibly, which would exactly which would be massive. And I know that there's a new TV deals and obviously that's going to make it go up. But I don't think you're going to see the spike as big or as dramatic as we originally thought. So that's why I think Howie, some of these people are so hesitant to go pull the trigger on a Jadavian Clowney for more than one year because it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You want $18 million for over three years, but what happens if the salary cap goes down and how he's already sitting there like, well, crap, I'm minus X million, X million dollars in the hole and there's only so much how he can do as far as that magic goes. Yeah, I agree. And and, and you mentioned Jadavian Clowney, so let's, let's touch on him real quick before we get to the schedule. Um, I would do it for a one-year prove-it deal. Um, because we know that he's the type of player that isn't highly motivated all the time and doesn't play all the time and does get injured a lot. Um, you know, I mean, if, if I had my brothers, it would be Yannick and Gakwe, but he's going to cost a lot that, that would be tough, tough to make happen. But if Clowney's asking price, which has gone from 20 to 17 to down to possibly 15, maybe a couple million less than that, I would do it for a one year prove it deal. Um, Carson has said that he he holds no ill will towards um, Jadavion Clowney, and if if Carson can get over that, I think that us as fans will be able to get over it. He will improve the defensive line, and you know, look at the defensive line of Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and Jadavion Clowney. That will improve any secondary. That will improve the linebackers. So if if his asking price is is going to come down. Um, even further, if his asking price continues to come down and he's willing to come to Philly on a one-year prove-it deal, 100% I do. Uh, no questions asked. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat there. It's simple. Is it going to make the team better? I mean, we picked up the Brent, Derek Barnett's fifth-year option. We, I, I know that we sit there and we, we're like, oh, we, we got to see what we got in him or we want to see what we have in him or whatever. We're invested that much in him. 
Listen, Derek Barnett's had four years to prove himself. If they're picking up this fifth-year option is the be-all to end-all, well, so so be it. This is different from the debate that I was having a minute ago about the first two years and seeing what you have in this guy. This guy's had four years. This is year five. Maybe he is a rotational defensive end. Maybe he, maybe Derek Barnett will have the best year of his career if it's behind Jadavion Clowney and rotating between Clowney and Graham. We may very well see that, and we may very well see that all he is is a A-plus rotational defensive end, which is fine for the future in Philadelphia. So for me, absolutely, as long as it's one year, because I get, with the salary cap concerns, is it going to go down? If it goes up, is it going to go up any? We're already in the hole. I'm definitely in on Clowney for one year. I'm definitely whatever is going to make that defense even better and even scarier than it already is. Look at the rotation you already got going on. You got Brandon Graham. You got Josh Sweat. You got Javon Hargrave. You got Fletcher Cox. You got Malik Jackson. You got Derek Barnett. Add Jadavion Clowney into that. And that's just a really scary, scary and, defensive line. And for me, I'm not a, I'm not the biggest Derek Barnett fan. He makes a bunch of dumb boneheaded plays. Um, mm-hmm. But again another another point where you have somebody that's better than uh, a current starter if you're able to bring them in at the right price you do it no questions asked and listen i can full-on agree with that i can that that i can agree with the the peters one i'm I'm still not completely over but i can agree with their sentiments on Clowney versus Barnett, Clowney is better because Clowney is definitely better. There's a lot of people who are like, look at Josh Sweat's numbers. Josh Sweat is a great player too, but I think there's still some development to go there. And if his snap count goes up and he continues to produce, guess what? Clowney's one-year deal, boom, see you later. Sweat jump, jumps and in I'm, and takes I'm, a position and by all not, means. I'm still not sold on Sweat. <laughs> That's just me. All right. With what with what he did with a 32% snap count last year, Man, that that's impressive. He he's looking good. If you up the snap count and the production continues, good. But if Clowney comes on board, I just don't see a way that that we see that snap count go up because you know Clowney and Graham are going to command the majority of the attention there. Oh yeah, and if you add a Clowney, you what are you going to double team Fletcher Cox or double team Javon Hargraves or? Double team, like you can't double team. Well, hey, four, I, four I guys posted, across the front four. I posted that stat the other day. They that uh, Jadavion or uh, Fletcher Cox was double teamed on 32% of snaps, and and Javon Hargrave 29% of snaps, and that was like top fives in the league. You can't double team two people because then the ends are gonna feast. Exactly. So and, what and, are you gonna do? And what happened in 2017 is we had a lot of depth along the defensive line. So Fletcher Cox, like last year, was playing like 85 to 90% of the snaps. He won't have to do that this year if, if Malik Jackson stays healthy, if Hargrave stays healthy, um, Hassan Ridgeway, if they all stay healthy. And if we can add another legit defensive end, because you know, like I'm still skeptical behind Bar- behind Graham and even, I guess, Barnett, I'm skeptical of what we have. Um, if they can just add another guy and you have that depth and you can rotate six or seven a game, it's going to be, you keep them fresh and it's going to be tough to stop, contain them for four or 60 minutes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would not want to be the offensive line on the other side, uh, having to challenge that defensive line. And especially in our division, I know we're going to touch on the schedule coming up here. So like with that in mind, like I don't, believe that any offensive line got leaps and bounds better in our division so when you yeah. think about having to face those teams six times and like some washington of the other traded teams their best playing. washington traded their best offensive lineman to, to san francisco um dallas's center retired um the giants offensive line really like has they they've tried to add pieces they really haven't been that good if you think about it like the eagles have the best offense they have the best right tackle in football they have the best right guard in football, one of the best a top three center in football. Isaac Sayamalu is really coming into his own as a left guard. And if they can figure out that left tackle position, if whether it's Peters or Dillard, like this Eagles offensive line is the best offensive line in the division and possibly the best offensive line in football. Definitely. I mean, there's some there's some solid offensive lines, but you see the importance of, of investing in that offensive line and that defensive line and building in the trenches. And I mean, we've been talking about it for what, over a year now, over to, like I've been talking about before we even started doing the podcast. Building in those trenches is so vital and is so important and how he has done such a good job of year over year, keeping those trenches replenished and stocked up. 
and then you got the guys that you brought in the Prince Tega. You got Joy Mailata, who we, we still don't fully know what we have in him, but we know we have this massive offensive line presence that's continuing to continuing to emerge from his rugby background. There's a lot of I don't of think talent. he makes the team. It's a tough one. For me, I, I honestly think that this year he might just because the depth isn't all there. And there are some guys that you can transition on to the, ta- the yeah, practice squad. But, I, I mean, how long can I mean, you get, It's the same as the Nate Sudfeld thing. How, mu- how long can you hold on to him? How long can you develop him before somebody else sees him and says, I- I'll pay that guy or I'll take that guy? Or we actually get some really well-developed depth that forces us to let my lot to go. Yeah, so it'll be and, – and, again, that's something that we will discuss over the next couple of weeks when we do our early – 53-man roster. But let's move on to the schedule, something we were all excited for. The Eagles schedule came out. Um, their first four games are – there's a chance the Eagles can start 3-1. Again, you have your six division games, then the four against the AFC North. Then they play the NFC West, and then they get the first-place team from the other two NFC divisions, which would be the NFC West and the NFC South. South. Sorry. So, yep. Yeah. All right, so the first four games for the Eagles, they they go to Washington, and we all remember what the last time the Eagles were in Washington, what happened that year, which was 2017. Um, then they get two home games in a row. They host the Rams, and they host the Bengals before going out to San Francisco in the first week of October. I see a 3-1, at least a 3-1 start for the Eagles there. Um, they should That San Francisco game is going to be really tough. The Rams finally have to come to Philly. I mean, the last couple times we played them, we've had to go to L.A. and take over their stadium. But I don't see Jared Goff coming to, to Philly to beat Carson Wentz and the Eagles. Joe Burrow, yeah, I, I still don't see him as being a top-flight quarterback. Um, so I think the Eagles are going to start the, start the season 3-1. Uh, and one. Yeah, I mean, that that's basically what I had. I mean, we overall have a re- fairly tough schedule, and you're going to get to some of the tougher patches. Um, but that that is probably about as easy as it gets for us through that whole 16 game schedule. And I definitely see a three and one start as well. I do think that a lot of the teams on our schedule this year are much improved. Like our strength of schedule is one of the tops in the league. But I do believe that based off of last year's win percentage, that's not a fair perception of what the teams are this year. They're much improved. And we saw last year what happened there mid-season when we said oh we got a bunch of easy games or we or games that we thought were easy wins that we were going to take and we didn't so for me they're improved but they're not improved enough to be like joe burrow and the Bengals are not improved enough in my opinion to beat the eagles with what we've done obviously washington they got better i think they're going to continue to get better but they're not there yet um I mean, the, for me, the 49ers is probably the game where, yeah, you're going to see that loss. I think I see a 3-0 and start and then 3-1, and and then things get a bit more interesting. Yeah, they do that. The next stretch before we hit the bye week, um, the Eagles go to Pittsburgh, host the Ravens. That's going to be a really good game. Host the Giants on Thursday night and then host Dallas. They get three, ro- three home games in a row, <clears throat> and they get an extended break, a mini bye week, heading into that Dallas Sunday night game. So... I'm very intrigued by this this portion of the schedule. Um, they can beat Pittsburgh. I'm not saying they're going to, but they could beat them. That Ravens game is going to be really tough. Um, team with the best record in the league last year coming with the MVP. I don't remember. The, I can't remember the last time the Giants beat the Eagles. And even if the Giants are a little bit improved, I still don't think they're going to be good enough to beat the Eagles. And Dallas having to come to Philly. And the Eagles seem to split with Dallas every year. So depending on what happens mm-hmm. in that game, could – could have a determining factor what happens later in the season when the two teams face. But I could see the Eagles being possibly five and three, six and two at this point in the year. Yeah, I think by that point in the schedule, I actually had us down to four and four. Um, but you for have me, us losing th- three of those four games. Listen, there's so every year I going two no, and two every, every year, no doubt. I don't know where it is in the schedule, but we're going to lose one of those games to the Giants and the Redskins. No matter how much black we give. Yeah, but it almost always happens. We last year, last, last year, year in the division. last yeah, last year we did really well in the division. This, and you're, two years you're right. ago we went five and one in the division. And you're right, you're right about the, three years ago we went five and one in the division. You're right about <laughs> that. I just don't see it this year. I don't see us not giving up one of those games. I just don't. 
I don't see it being possible. I think the Eagles are better. But you want to know why I disagree with you? Because of what we're going through right now, the Eagles are the only team in the division that has consistency, continuity with their coaching staff. Redskins, brand new coaching staff. Giants, brand new coaching staff. Dallas, brand new coaching staff. And I think with not having in-person camps or in-person meetings, that is a huge contributing factor that 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 which gives the Eagles a little leg up on the other teams in the division. I can definitely see that and I can definitely agree to that, but at the same time I can also see how that could be obviously without the in-person camps it's tougher, but I can also see how that can be an advantage for some of those teams as well because we are not going to get the teams that we're used to playing. There's going to be different schemes, there's going to be different things that we have to play uh, play against well, as I mean, those Mike McCarthy coached, Mike McCarthy coached in Green Bay and Ron Rivera coached in Carolina. So they're going to be, I'm not saying it's going to be exactly the same, but it's going to be similar. And Joe judge is the, the, the one big difference. Yeah. That's the wild card there. I, I, who, who the hell is Joe judge? You know what I mean? Um, he can bring it. He can try yeah, to bring me. over some parcels things or not parcels, excuse me, Belichick, you know, coaches isms or whatever the, the word is. But I mean, I just think that the, the, the continuity uh, is going to be such a huge factor, um, especially early on this season. For for me, I guess the Cowboys, listen, the Cowboys got worse on defense. I get it and I understand that. But this Cowboys offense can also go out night in and night out and likely put 50 points up. So it's just who the about number going... One, who, was, who was the number one offense in the league last year? It was the Ravens, wasn't it? Well, no, it who, was who, well, Dallas was a really Dallas, good defense wait, well, that, Dallas had when it, I think yard for yards per game or whatever it was. Dallas was number one. They went eight and eight, eight and eight. The Eagles had practice squad players in that week 16 matchup and won. Like I get what you're saying, but Dallas can have the Dak Prescott had a career year. They went eight and eight. Like they need your defense is going to have to play better. And you just mentioned it. Their defense got worse. Our offense got better. Yeah, their offense got better too. But if you can't stop people, like Dak Prescott's not a, that great. Dak Prescott is, as Ike Reese likes to say, is a garbage time stat compiler because he put up a lot of stats against Green Bay, but they were down 21 nothing in the fourth quarter. Like that's what he does. He compiles stats against bad teams and late in games when they're getting blown out. So mm. they can have the number one offense all they want. But again, they were eight and eight last year with the number one offense in the NFL. I just think like I think the schedule gets even tougher after that. I actually think the toughest stretch is week 12, 13, 14. But we don't know what the Steelers are going to be. We don't know the condition of Big Ben. We don't know what that offense is going to look like. We don't know. We really don't. But but like Ben Roethlisberger, you don't. And Juju, who's been had issues with injuries. James Conner, who's had issues with injuries. We don't know what they're going to come out with. As far as that team goes, the Ravens, we know what they're coming out with. They're likely, I I see that as a loss for us. Um, And then the Cowboys, see, like, there's a way that that could swing to be a one and three. You just don't know. But then it could also swing to be a three and one or two and two. two. two two All right. So let's go to the second half of the season. Uh, Weeks 10 through 10, 13, 10 to 13. Sorry. The after the bye week, we get the Giants in New York again. Or in Jersey again. By that time, the Giants probably are out of it. Could be out of it. I don't see them beating us. Then we go to Cleveland. Um, that'll be a, a tough game. An improved Cleveland team. Host Seattle and then go to Green Bay on a. Is that a Sunday night? No, that's a that's a Sunday afternoon game. Sorry. But um. You might as well chuck in Week 14. It's a tough stretch. You might as well oh, throw I'm, the I'm Saints saying, in there. I'm gonna do. I'm doing four, 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 and four, man. I'm going through the quarters <laughs> of the year. Um. This is where this stretch, and you, it, it, when we get to the Saints, is going to be tough. Um, it's I want to say we're going to beat Seattle, but we haven't beaten Russell Wilson yet in his mm-hmm. career. We've it's had tough. a tough go with them. Green Bay is going to want revenge after we beat them last year. Like this could be a two and two, one and three stretch right here. Um, I see us beating the Giants, uh, Cleveland. I don't I don't really have faith in Baker Mayfield, and I don't know what Stefanski's going to do. He's better than Freddie Freddie Kitchens. Um, their offense is good, but that defense, I'm still, I mean, besides Miles Garrett, I'm still not sold. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Seattle is, is, is different. I mean, they're not most likely not going to have Jadavion Clowney. Who knows? I mean, then that Green Bay, uh, 
is this the year Green Bay falls apart? They drafted Jordan Love to replace Aaron Rodgers, most likely. Like, is there going to be in-house fighting between Lafleur and, and Rodgers? Who knows by this point in mm-hmm. the year? But this is like a one, this could be a one and three, two and two stretch for the Eagles. Yeah, this this begins a, a really tough stretch. I mean, the Browns, it's the same for me. That's a coin flip. I mean, every year they're like, oh, they got better, they got better. Look at what they picked up. Like last offseason, everyone was like, oh my gosh, buy your shares. And now this offseason, everyone's like eh, a bit more skeptical, but they're like, I'll buy your shares anyways. Look what they picked up kind of situation. Cleveland is really weird. And by that point, yeah, like you said, the whole continuity argument comes into play there because Stefanski's not getting time with an offense that has some really killer weapons. I mean, let's not look past there's Chubb, there's Kareem Hunt, there's OBJ, there's Austin Hooper, there's David Njoku, there's Jarvis Landry. There's some wicked weapons there, but he's not going to get the time to full on do it except for these online like meeting things that they're doing right now. So, I mean, that, that, that's a tough one. The giants. Yeah. We can probably beat the giants at that point. Like you said, they may be done anyways, testing some different things out. Um, the Seahawks, man, Russell Wilson just has our number. I just don't know what it is. I mean, during the playoffs last year, the number was Jadavion Clowney, but I mean, there may be just something Russell Wilson has in his back pocket against us that we just cannot get it done. And, um, yeah, the Packers, I mean, man, that team has a really good defense, but man, that offense, they did nothing to give Rodgers any further weapons. AJ Dillon is stepping in because Aaron Jones is in a con is in a contract year. And they're likely going to move on from Aaron Jones when he demands a lot of money. So A.J. Dillon's going to step into that role. Jordan Love, is he going to step into the Aaron Rodgers role here within two to three years? Is there going to be that infight? And like you said, I mean, we saw the comments of that Brett Favre said he wasn't going to say too much. But basically, he was kind of saying, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't overly thrilled. And I wouldn't be either because they gave him no weapons. That defense can hold a team to two or three scores. But he, Aaron Rodgers in that offense might not be able to put those two or three scores up to make it a game. And we kind of saw, we, we've kind of, we kind of saw that in a few games last year by the Green Bay Packers. So this is a really skeptical stretch for me too, that I see as two and two. I see like back to back two and two stretches or two and two and one and three kind of thing. All right. And then to finish off the year, we host the saints, go to Arizona, go to Texas to face the Cowboys and finish off with the Redskins. That Saints game, that's the Saints' third consecutive road game. And the previous two, I'm trying to remember, one's against the Packers, I think. Like, whatever it is, they have three consecutive road games, and the Eagles are the third. A dome team coming to Philly in December. Hopefully we actually have actual snow, actual winter weather. That could be – like, I'm not saying that the Eagles are going to beat the Saints, but there are different intangibles coming down to week 14 that the Eagles could take advantage of. You know, the Saints could just come in. Again, third consecutive road game. They're just looking forward to getting home. Now that – now the, you know, the Eagles could possibly take advantage of that. Going to Arizona against Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. Like, they still have Larry Fitzgerald. I don't know if the Eagles – like, Larry Fitzgerald, the Eagles can't cover him for some reason. I don't know why that Dallas game is going to be for the division and then finishing off at home against Washington. This could be another two and two stretch possibly. Yeah, for me, definitely. I can kind of see the two and two stretch as well here. The saints are going to be a tough matchup. Then what was it? The Redskins and the Cowboys and, and the saints or, and no, it's not the Giants last, again, is it the last four last year? Oh, oh I thought no, the last four last this year. year. Yes. Yeah, the saints, Cardinals, Cowboys and Redskins. Yeah, so I mean, I can see us beating the Redskins. I think at this point, the Redskins will be out of it. Is Dwayne Haskins going to be the quarterback at this point, or will Rivera be kind of preparing to test the, test Taylor. some new waters? T- yeah, tanking for, for Taylor, tanking for Trevor, kind of thing going on. Who knows? Um, the Saints, they got a really good offense, but like you said, it comes at a really good time that we face them, a dome team outside in the cold. Um, that could be an interesting matchup. I really like the outlook for the Cardinals. I just don't think this year's their year yet, but they did a, they had a really good draft. They completely took advantage of Bill O'Brien on the Hopkins deal. They got a decent team, but I mean, they're improved, but I don't think they're going to be anything more than a 500 team. Not to cut you off real quick, but going back to the saints, 
So the, the, the Saints go to Denver, then go to Atlanta, host, then go to, come to Philly. After the Eagles, they host the Chiefs. Like, depending on – Tough stretch. Depending on – and then finish off the season uh, with the Vikings and, and the Panthers. But, like, depending on what's happening, we're, we're sandwiched between a division game and the Super Bowl champs. So, like, maybe, maybe the New Orleans Saints come in here overlooking us. You never know. I'm not saying they will, but – there's always that. You never know exactly, but I mean that's tough to go from Denver to Atlanta and then to Philly. I mean Atlanta to Philly is a pretty easy trip, but Denver to Atlanta, like you're gonna be really thrown off. And you go New Orleans, probably to Denver. So I mean that that's some pretty crazy traveling for them. Um, and then like, man, the Cowboys flip a coin. Basically, I I can't wait for Cowboys Week. Especially <laughs> like every year seems to begin more and more. And now there's this whole CD Lamb. They took CD Lamb just to kind of spite us and stuff. And so now it could add some more fuel to the fire. This Wentz versus Dak debate that's literally never gonna end. Even when they're retired, it's not gonna end. It's probably still gonna be raging on. Like. Cowboys week is exciting. I, those are some. Those are two weeks I'm constantly excited for. Is is a Cowboys week and the 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 more fuel to the fire, the trade up ahead of them and to grab Goddard, then they grab Lamb ahead of us this year. Dak versus Wentz, the divisional rivalry aspect of it. But yeah, I can definitely see this stretch being two and two again. I I honestly have a very very realistic nine and seven for the Eagles this year. I, I have the Maybe. Eagles going ten and six, but. Let me ask you. You can't pick nine and seven. You can't pick ten and six. Eight and eight. What are, better chances of going eight and eight or eleven and five? Eight and eight. eight, and eight. We we've had so many issues with having those close games swing our way. The last like last year and then the year before that, the year of the Super Bowl. There's a chance if we can get back to the year of the Super Bowl where we those close games we won and where Carson Wentz was completely dominating. As a quarterback, we can do, we can go 11 and five, but the last two years speak to a, I would, I'll go eight and eight before I go 11 and five. I'll put way more money on eight and eight than 11 and five. So, I I mean, I have the Eagles winning division mainly because again, continuity and they're mentally, they're more tough than Dallas. Like again, Dallas has way better offensive players than the the Eagles do. And they put up four, 10, 14.7, whatever it was last year against us in, in, in a division Clinch, like a game that could have clinched them the division. Like they're not mentally tough. They have a fragile psyche, and, I, and when you have Jerry Jones who is going to sit there and do a press conference after every every game, you know that that takes takes a toll on a team. I think so. I just think the Eagles are better coached. The Eagles are mentally tougher. They might not have better players, but that doesn't matter. And I'll, I'll say it again: Dallas had the number one offense in the league last year. They were eight and eight. So you know all the Eagles have to do is just. Stay on path. They can go nine and seven. If nine and seven is going to win them the division, nine and seven is going to win them the division. Again, there's an extra playoff team this year, so you know maybe nine and seven gets you in as a wild card. Who knows? But just they have to obviously win the games that they should win, and they have to steal a game here, whether it's versus, here and there, whether it's versus Seattle, New Orleans, Green Bay, um, Baltimore. Like they have to find a way to win one or two of those games. Yeah, I mean, I did a full NFC East breakdown before we came on. I have the Eagles going nine and seven, the Cowboys going eight and eight, Redskins five and eleven. There's a very real chance six and ten. I know that may sound crazy, but you know me. I think the Redskins are more ahead of the curve than other Not people. Not with Dwayne Haskins. I I'm just saying. I can see six and ten being real. I'm just saying. And then I got the Giants at four and twelve. I think the Giants did made some improvements. They, they, they're protecting their quarterback. They're protecting Barkley, but eh, I just don't see it for the Giants. I don't know if I see it for any year in the next three to four years, to be completely frank, for, waste, for Giants fans. And they're wasting Saquon Barkley, which is good because we can't tackle him sometimes. Um, He's got tree trunks for legs, man. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. But, uh, it was uh, again, I think the Eagles are going to go 10-6 and six right now. Um, things obviously can change between now and the beginning of the season. Hopefully there is a beginning of the season. Um, so we'll see. Um, but Eagles, Washington can't get here soon enough and training camp and things opening up, hopefully getting back to normal soon. Can't come soon enough. I completely agree. I I really hope that this doesn't completely derail things, but I mean, states are opening up and the numbers just stay the same in in yeah. in the states. So I just don't 
see any realistic way that that everything goes on as scheduled but i mean you just never know yeah you never you never know uh hopefully hopefully things things pick up but but we'll see um thank you for listening to the kelly green hour here you can follow us on twitter at kelly green hour um putting some put different stats out uh we put a different debate debate topics out um we love all the the feedback from our from our listeners you can follow connor at connor 10 connor the the fantasy god he, he puts out a bunch of bunch of stats and gives his input on certain players around the league when it comes to fantasy football and you can follow me at lj harrell 54 i'm just ready for eagles football i don't care what anybody says bring me football soon you have any final thoughts connor no, no, not really. I mean, yeah, just give us a follow, rate and review the show. Follow me at Connor Ten T E N. And I mean, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I I want football. I mean, we we are gonna continue to try and bring content every week. I actually have um the the fantasy doctor lined up again, hopefully in the next couple weeks to kind of talk injuries and to kind of talk, you know the draft that the Eagles had and the red flags, potential medical red flags with some of them. I have Thomas Peterson lined up as well. So we're going to try and continue to bring some quality we'll get Josh on again through this slow was, time. Yeah. And we'll get Josh on again. Cause that was a great uh, podcast. You guys that had. The other yeah. One. I'd love to have him on close to the start of the year too. So that you can be in on it as well. Cause that was a really good pod. And I think we could have some really good back and forth. So we got lots of guests signed up. We got our depth chart episode coming up in the next week or two. We're going to line that up. So we got some, lots of off-season content to make it feel like football is going to start on time yes hopefully it is so for connor i'm lj thank you for listening to the kelly green hour